Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on October 30th, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries of St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Hallie Parkins with the Gospel reading. The Holy Gospel according to John, the eighth chapter. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. On this occasion of the 504th anniversary of Martin Luther wrestling with scriptures and hammering out his 95 reasons of who he understood God to be, we remember he gave voice to the truth out of love for this great truth and a desire to elucidate it. We also remember our great and rabble-rousing forefather in the Lutheran tradition and his grand theater of protest and his feistiness, his fervor of who he believed God to be from scripture alone. On this occasion, we mark the 500th anniversary of the word broken open in common language, unleashed in the world in the autumn of 1522. The word of God, translated in the German vernacular, came to dwell with the people closely, leveling the great hierarchy of language and church structure that falsely defined a limit of God and access to God. This is a struggle we remember that was enacted over and over again in the movements of the Reformation from that time forth and into the present moment. On this occasion, we mark also the confirmation of our students as they affirm their baptism publicly, stepping forth into the trust of the promises of who they know God to be. As people who follow in the path of Jesus, we affirm with them that we too hold the promise of God in the words that were said with the water poured over them. These are the promises of God that claimed us first. Years ago, their families of origin and their church families promised to live with them among God's faithful people, to bring them to the word and share in the Lord's Supper, to teach them the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, the Ten Commandments, to place in their hands the scriptures and nurture them in faith and prayer so that they might come to trust God and proclaim Christ in word and action, to care for themselves to care for others, to care for this world God made, and work for justice and peace. And we all continued in that covenant, the students, families, and church. And today we promise to continue in the promises God makes with us again. We stand in that covenant and hold to our stake in the gospel promise. 
We continue to hold fast in the promise that God will be steadfast in love and faithful from age to age into this very moment. God will be full of grace and truth. And we will know this writing on our hearts of God's love. And we will know it by the life we live following God. We stand in the challenge and encouragement today of the gospel promise. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. To set the scene and lift the words from the page into a swirl of people and place and living story, I like to ask the group that gathers to study uh, scripture each week how they would set the gospel story. Who lives in this story? Who is Jesus speaking to? Where is he? And what happens uh, that leads up to this? What happens afterwards? And it's a mix this week as Jesus is caught up with the Jews who had believed in him. With good odds, these are faithful believers, likely Jewish religious leaders and religious people who have begun to follow him. In the conversation, we might also think of them as the people Jesus encourages and also as people Jesus convicts. Will you continue? Jesus asks. Will you stick with me or not? I love the phrase hackles up that emerged in the living imagination of the story of the followers' reactions to Jesus' covenantal promise laid open. And it tumbles downhill from there in our scriptures, dissolving into a kind of chaos. But before that happens, in that very moment, the promise of God is laid bare on our hearts, opened in love again of God with us. When we talk about the Jewish followers of Jesus in the Gospel of John, we remember that it is a complicated setting for a writer in that time and context. There is some anti-Jewish sentiment happening, which we define differently in our day uh, from anti-Semitism. And given our context, especially in the United States and in the rise of anti-Semitic hate speech and the thoughts and beliefs of some people, and then a legacy within Lutheranism to fail to name anti-Jewish rhetoric of our own scatologically inclined founding forefather, whose volumes of words we praise in the Reformation and then condemn for their poisonous use against Jewish people. We hold that the scriptural and later historical context needs to be claimed with truth, and we commit to continuing to reveal who we know God to be in truth and grace in love. So holding the promise of God's steadfast love in our scriptures and a faithfulness unleashed in the gospel poured out into the world, we continue in that promise that God will continue to hold us and challenge us as followers of Jesus. This week, I saw in our faith community a commitment to continue in the promises of God in the wake of a very controversial decision. And it caught me off guard when it sparked conversation at coffee hour. And I know there are many strong feelings and we come from many different places on this topic. And there were honest voices who shared plans that they would avoid uh, the situation. There was intense skepticism, questions about how we even got here to begin with, and even a strong proclamation of, I don't like change. And if you've been around this week and paying attention You'll know I'm talking about the decision to change the lefsa recipe for the church bazaar this year, <laughs> from using peeled and boiled potatoes to instant potatoes. And gosh, I'm grateful if you're still here 
and that if you're still watching and listening, you haven't closed your computer on worship. I'm grateful uh, to all of our church leaders organizing the Left Some Making and the Church Bazaar. I think they're doing tremendous ministry in the congregation. And in light of all of that, I hope in our day and age, we can claim that the passion of our rabble-rousing forefather also is ours to speak into the struggle of truth for the love of God and the pursuit of our theological and biblical differences. And I pray we can hold them openly and honestly in the trust of Jesus, who orients our whole lives together. In all seriousness, we hold a commitment as people of God to wrestle with scripture on the basis of word alone. And we know that we are not limited to a literal translation, but how we interpret scripture and gospel on the basis of God's love and grace. The lens of love orients our reading of the life of Jesus and the breath of the Holy Spirit, drawing us into that living word that continues into this day. We live in the covenant that began with God, that is confirmed by God and fulfilled by God. We have different power and agency in this covenant as God's people. God made a covenant with Abraham. And throughout the Hebrew scriptures, God continued to claim Israel, continues to claim God's people. This covenant was written as close as humanly possible, written on the hearts and living in the heartbeat of that community. This covenant claims us today, people who believe in Jesus, people who need both a little encouragement and a lot of conviction to hold us in steadfast love. Because at the end of the day, the promise continues to claim you. God will be steadfast in love. God is present. God is committed. God is here and we are loved. And when everything happens, this remains true. This is one of the truths I hold today and the great promise of God's love. And there are more reminders here for us. Remember that life is so beautiful and so hard. And in the hardest times in our lives, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with tumult, there will always be love. And we are all caught up in God's grace and freedom from the power of sin. This freedom from the power of sin is also freedom for our own hearts to turn towards love, to increase their capacity for life. We know that your life and my life flow into each other as wave flows into wave. And unless there is peace and joy and freedom for you, there can be no real peace or joy or freedom for me. And we remember that by the grace of God, we are enough. We stand in that and know it to our bones. And then let whatever flows from us be out of love and passion and resonate out from us as a response to God's grace. And there will be times we go through the unknown. We can claim our assurances that we will be fine because of any number of things, because of who we know or who is in charge or whatever plans we've set forward, or maybe simply by our resources. We remember to loosen the hold on any assurance other than God's love. We continue in that grace and truth. God's love continues to claim us to seize us in hope of the one who is there from the very beginning, who dwells with us in truth and grace 
and continues with us from this day forth and forever. Amen.